Have you been to prison lately? Well, let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> have you visited prison lately? I have, but not as someone who ministers to prisoners regularly. No, I went solely because I had a friend who was incarcerated. Yet in those visits in person and by long-distance conversations, I became acutely aware of how precious our freedom how precious our freedom is, how wonderful to be able to eat when I wanted to or get a good cup of coffee when I wanted. Just pick up the phone and call a friend. Little freedoms. But even those freedoms aren't the biggest gift that my friend's fellow prisoners desire. The one gift that they are desperate to obtain is the message of hope. They have no hope. No one visits, no, one, no letters come, no chance exists to even have a place to go if they are released. Jesus does just that in today's gospel. He offers hope and promise to the criminal hanging beside him. Today's gospel is a unique story. Luke, for years C, focuses on criminals leaders who mocked Jesus, including soldiers, onlookers, and uh, followers, people who did not recognize him. If it were another liturgical calendar year, A or B, we would hear Matthew talk about the goats and sheep, and John provide the trial narrative with Jesus and Pilate. Luke, though, gives us the strongest irony yet. We celebrate the reign of the king our king, and he's being crucified. Everything about this gospel flies in the face of kingship. He's anointed and scorned three times by the leaders, the soldiers, and one of the criminals. As the church celebrates Christ the King Sunday, we are in between the liturgical seasons of ordinary time and Advent. It's a single Sunday when we praise and we reflect on Christ being king. Well, where are the kingly passages today? Where is the Jesus in fancy robes and jeweled crown? Well, what about Jesus transfigured on the mountaintop? Couldn't we have read that? No, none of these views. Instead, we are given a crucifixion scene. Jesus, the man, stripped and suffocating, enduring unbelievable pain. A crowd of mockers spewing hatred at his naked body, hanging between thieves, ridicule in his ears, yet speaking blessing and promise to one less fortunate than himself. And in the verse, let's listen to that again. Verse 34, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus offers this prayer for all involved with his crucifixion. Maybe crucifixions were just cruel events to witness. Had the crowds become accustomed to milling around while life drained out of those who were crucified? Remember our own tragic American history where people dressed in their Sunday best to watch the lynching of their fellow human beings. Surely crucifixion with its horrific and very public dimensions 
functioned as a means to impose and defend imperial values. It sent a clear message to the uh, subversive, the defined, and the unruly. The dominant culture will not tolerate challenge and disorder. And yet, in the midst of such an inhumane practice, the words of forgiveness ring clear. Now, how do we pause and understand this paradox of our faith? Our king on a cross? Surely this takes all the self-righteousness, the arrogance out of us. Our king chose the cross as his path to glory. Listen to Paul's words from our epistle today. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. And where did he say paradise was? It was with him. Today, with me, in paradise. So what is this gospel telling us about how to live as citizens in God's kingdom? What does that look like? It would seem to be a path that never sidesteps humility, surrender, or sacrificial love. It's a way of life that would never gain at the expense of another. Truth-telling is never optional. This, the brokenhearted are always lifted up. So where does this leave us? I think it leaves us with a king who makes us profoundly uncomfortable. Many Christians through the years have recognized this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, German pastor, theologian, Nazi descendant who gave his life standing up against Hitler, said to be a Christian does not mean to be religious in a particular way, to make something of oneself, on the basis of some method or other, but to be a man, not a type of man, but the man that Christ creates in us. It is not the religious act that makes the Christian, but participation in the sufferings of God in the secular life. Our king sees others as no one else sees them. He paid attention at his most anguished time to the one beside him. What does this tell me? Have I forgotten that the criminal who, uh, who has committed the most heinous of crimes can still turn to Christ? Do I see Christ in him or her? Who recognizes Jesus in this scene? It's not the others standing around, or at least we don't hear that being said. It's the criminal. He doesn't say, I'm sorry, and offer explanations for his offenses. No. He simply says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He had such a belief in Jesus and faith that this man was indeed the Son of God. How many of us gathered at the cross, seeing someone we thought was going to rescue us from the Romans, would have had that faith? At this moment, would I have doubt? I think so. After all we had been through with him, he was going to die and leave us. The guilty criminal's plain identification and assurance that Jesus is king highlights for us the hardest part of knowing Jesus and his kingdom. 
where is this kingdom? We can't see it and hardly understand Jesus' words when he talks about it. Yet this criminal does. As witnesses at the foot of his cross, what does this story of this criminal mean? How do I connect this to the political and cultural landscape in the United States right now? When I read continuously about the divisions, the hatred flowing on college campuses, the children being murdered every day, what does it mean for me to honor a king who in his darkest hour spoke words of blessing and forgiveness to his tormentors? How do I reconcile the heated and strained conversations with other Christians who see this world differently than me? with a king who gave his crown for a cross. I am reminded today by our king that peace comes at a cost. Jesus died because he made no peace with oppression. It is a cop-out to expect God to act if I want. Even as Jesus hung on the cross, he spoke hope to a thief who needed comfort. This is our king. We have to pray that we will find ways to walk as Jesus walked, giving ourselves for the love of others. We are called to listen, protect, endure, and bless. We are called to rally, to shield the vulnerable from terror and harm. We have to offer hope to the criminal, the homeless, the mother who lost her child, the sick, not only a body but a spirit, the ones that Jesus forgave because they don't know what they are doing. Today we see Jesus at his most vulnerable. Do we also see him in the most vulnerable? Amen.